Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters and reminding you to give generously to Hurricane Sandy Relief. Just go to redcross.org where every contribution is greatly appreciated. Also, if you haven't already, be sure to vote in the presidential election. We have a special show for you today, folks. It's our own kind of election on Election Day. Although you can't vote for a woman for president or vice president today, you can vote for one in our favorite female stars on Movie Attic Headquarters event. And in appreciation of your voter participation, your name will be added to a random drawing for a free copy of Confessions of a Movie Addict, my humorous life story with everything edited out except the fun movie stuff. All you have to do is send an email with your vote by Friday, November 16th to realtalk at comcast.net. That's R-E-E-L, realtalk at comcast.net. The hard part will probably be deciding which of our nominees to vote for, because we've been very fortunate to interview so many talented ladies during these past five years. And our nominees include 18 of these remarkable stars. Now, here are the candidates for favorite female star on Movie Attic Headquarters. There are three categories. First of all, the Oscar and Golden Globe winners and nominees, Katherine Hepburn, Margaret Avery, Rita Moreno, Ingrid Bergman, Cloris Leachman, Debbie Reynolds, Judy Garland, Tippi Hedren, and Lucy Arnaz. Second, the Funny Ladies, Lucille Ball, Madeline Kahn, Hilda Radner, and Miss Piggy. Third, the promising young actresses, Julie Benz, Judy Reyes, Ashley Bell, Michelle Monaghan, and Tana Frederick. I should probably report that there's been some early voting going on already, and um, it seems that the fans of Tana Frederick have moved their candidate, their favorite, into a big lead. But all of these wonderful stars deserve recognition. So if you missed any of their live interviews or tributes that we've done, please check the archives. And to help you with your decision, we do have a few clips from these interviews and tributes to play for you now. But to save time and uh, keep objective, 
I'm not going to comment about them except to mention that Judy Garland, Gilda Radner, and Lucy Arnaz will be singing instead of talking. And uh, a little warning uh, I want to give because there is a, a tiny problem with sound at the beginning of Madeline Kahn's terrific interview by George Bettinger. Well, let's all sit back now and enjoy again some of our favorite female stars on Movie Addict Headquarters. by Debbie Reynolds, and this clip I think you'll all enjoy. It starts out with, uh, I believe Jazz is asking Debbie what she thought about Shirley MacLaine's performance in Postcards from the Edge. And the reason that question came up is because Postcards from the Edge is uh, from a book written by Debbie's daughter, Carrie Fisher. Debbie also talks about how talented her daughter is and about the men in her life. So here's here's a little peek at the show where we paid tribute to the great Debbie Reynolds. What was your reaction to Shirley MacLaine's performance in Postcards from the Edge? I thought it was great. I wanted the part. I know. <laughs> and you should have gotten it. Well, I mean, it's 
Carrie wrote wrote this part supposedly about me, which it wasn't, but, you know, everybody thought it was. So I said, look, everybody's going to think it is me. I might as well play it. But Mike Nichols says, uh, no, he wanted Shirley, so Shirley got to do it. She was wonderful. I thought she was great. Uh, it wasn't, it really isn't me. Uh, you know, luckily, I, I don't have that disease as far as alcoholism. I'm delighted because then I can have a drink once in a while. Because <laughs> if, you, if you have the disease, you can't. So I, I'm fortunate that I don't have that problem. But I thought it was a very funny picture, and I thought it, Carrie did a great job, wrote it. She's a great writer, Carrie. And like oh, I yeah. said, she's opening next week on Broadway, so it's called yeah. uh, Wishful Drinking, which is pretty funny. And uh, I'm, I'm praying that it'll be a big hit. Well, there you well, go, she's... James. You can open the bar when we all come to California. Okay. Well, all right, okay. I'm coming to La Jolla. We're going to have drinks on the beach. Yeah, we'll have them on the beach. Thank we'll get you. arrested because they don't allow it. But oh well, then we'll then we'll just sip wine it round your patio. Yeah. Yes, well, Carrie was well, Carrie was hilarious in uh, Thirty Rock too. That was oh, funny. Oh, oh, Carrie when on Thirty she, Rock, she got, she got an there. Emmy. Yeah, she's hilarious. Emmy nomination. Well, she is I'm a very talented girl. She takes after her mother. <laughs> <laughs> And and maybe she can take care of her of her mother when her mother gets tired of all of all this work that she's doing. Well, that's tomorrow, so she better get work fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh golly, I wonder. I know you said we could ask you uh, anything. I, I kind of sure. hesitate to to ask this, but I have heard you talk about this before uh, to a room full of seven hundred people. So. I thought that I would would dare to ask because I I just think you have the most uh, humorous and healthy attitude about um, the the men the former men in your life. <laughs> well, let's not, let's not get R rated here. <laughs> no, we won't get, not with Debbie. We won't get R rated. Well, with no. Unfortunately, I think a lot of actresses have that problem. You know that they. You know, the men can't take the women that are kind of famous and more than they, and it's really difficult for them. And so it winds up to be unsuccessful mergers. And also, when they leave, they take all the money, which is sort of depressing. <laughs> That's the. And oh my God. You, you've just, in spite of uh, of that, you have managed to uh, soldier on, and then. Um, Make uh, some of the some of these men examples in your wonderful shows <laughs> because I remember. Oh yes, I I uh, all in stitches. <laughs> yes, I I I tease them a great deal and I call them all kinds of names and um, I you know the word schmuck comes into mind uh, but you can't say that on television or radio. <laughs> But I do not have good taste in men, and so I just leave it alone now. I don't even go out. You know, I don't date. I don't do But I have a lot of great male friends, and my brother is wonderful. My son is wonderful. I love men. It's just that I seem to have an allergy to attracting men that want to take all my money. So I've decided I just can't afford it anymore. It's like it's a sale, a sale at Macy's. I can't have it. <laughs> now, here's Cloris Leachman talking about her autobiography and um, doing a little bit of comedy ambush on Movie Addict Headquarters. I'm just so impressed 
with the way you did, Florence, include all aspects of your life. You, you talked about your career, your family, your friends, and your honest you feelings. <laughs> right, and your honest feelings about about everything that's uh, happened to you. But my favorite books, I part of the book was, and I, I have to admit this, were those behind-the-scenes showbiz anecdotes <laughs> that you share with with readers. I I am still chuckling over the the actor studio uh, stories about Marlon Brando, <laughs> and, you know about the chicken and your imitation of a lizard. <laughs> Would uh-huh. you, which one of those was your favorite? And, and could you tell our listeners a, a little bit about uh, uh, Marlon Brando and the actor studio? Well, yeah, one of the stories, right, of, of, about the chicken or your imitation of the li- of a lizard. No, I like the ones where. <laughs> Uh, we had to use objects, or, or we had to do things without something. Or, for instance, uh, uh, one person got up and um, he was going to show us how you peel a banana without the banana. <coughs> so right, I remember that one too. So he put his right, his left hand up, and he started peeling very, very, very. Very carefully, very carefully down, down, and then his other, took another little piece from the top and started pulling it down, down, <laughs> down, and he started with the next, and he said, oh my God, oh my God, I can smell it. He thought the scent was, he was doing such a magnificent job that he could smell it. I was sitting in the second row eating a banana. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's a great, that's, that is a great story. And, and if, if I remember correctly, you had some mixed feelings about uh, your uh, experience with the actor's studio. Is that no, right? No, that isn't true. No, 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 no. I okay. loved it beyond words. You can't imagine how much it meant to me, what an extraordinary part of my life it was, and I credit it almost entirely with making me better than I could have been. And, oh, Anna brought me my most wonderful homemade soup, or oh, what is it, potato, celery, leeks, oh, yum, mm. yum, mm. Mm. I can smell it. I wonder if my husband's eating soup in the next room. <laughs> I, he I know she's making me hungry. So. Yeah. Well, if I eat something, would it sound like... Chloris, <laughs> 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 you you kind of had a reputation of being Peck's bad girl there for a while, didn't you? Well, I think I still do. My, uh, my name is Gilda Radner. Uh, I've had extensive experience in children's theater, worked for the Board of Education. I, I was a theater major at uh, University of Michigan, and I've had a year of uh, tap and ballet when I was eight. And for, um, for my audition today, I'm going to do a, a number which I choreographed myself. And I wrote the song myself. Can you help me? 
uh, with Eileen Ford. And, um, you know, it, uh, in the 50s, the commercials became very, very important. And um, so I was doing a lot of them. And uh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Hitchcock were watching the Today Show, and they saw this commercial that I had done, and it was a story type of thing. It was for a, 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 a pet milk product called Ego. It was a diet drink. Right. So I, think I, I, weighed all, I think I weighed all the 100 pounds when I did this <laughs> commercial. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he saw it and decided to find out who the girl was, where she was, and um, so um, I just received a surprise phone call one day asking me to come over to meet with a with a with um, uh, an executive at Universal Studios. I had by then moved out to California so that Melanie could, oh, could have a little bit of independence of just saying, I'm going out to play, Mommy, you know. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Tippi, you got to work with Alfred Hitchcock yeah. a couple of times. Uh, what was your favorite project uh, with him? And, and Oh, I like I liked Marnie. I, I like ah. the best. Really? Yes. Why was that? Well, they, you know, the birds are sort of a chase-type film, and uh, the, the, the uh, Marnie was such a deep character. My God, she yes, was absolutely. And that was that was the the interest for me. In well, that. working with Sean Connery had to have something to do with that, Tippy. Not all bad. <laughs> no, he was and he was just wonderful. We see each other every now and then, um, uh, not often, because he, um, you know, lives. Um, he doesn't live in the United States, uh, but um, he was really he was really terrific. And Rod Taylor was terrific. And of course, working with Jessica Tandy was just marvelous. And, and Jessica Tandy okay. was was in in the Birds. Yes. Well, did you ever get hurt or oh, have yeah. any problems with the, with the real Birds in, oh, yes. in the Birds? Yes, I did. Oh no! Scene, oh, you know, off and on during the during the shooting, we would we were hurt, you know, scratched or whatever. But uh, you know, the scene where at the end of the movie, where I go up the stairs yeah. and into the into the bedroom upstairs, and all of the birds attack me. Yeah. Well, they told me that I, they were going to because when I read the script, I said, "And Mr. Hitchcock, how would we be doing that scene?" And he said, "Oh, well, we'll use the mechanical birds like we did with the children." And um, so I was perfectly comfortable all about the whole thing, and it was one of the last scenes we did during the shoot. And um, uh, at the, at the, the first day, it was a Monday, I was in my dressing room on the set, and uh, the assistant director, Jim Brown, came in and he said, he couldn't look at me. He looked at the floor and the walls and the ceiling. And <laughs> how was you, Jim? And he said... Uh, the mechanical birds don't work. We have to use real ones. And out the door he went. Well, oh, I just, I just was stunned. I went out to the set, and you know, this isn't anything they had just planned on. There was a whole cage built around the door that I come in, and there were five boxes, cartons of raven and seagulls and a few pigeons thrown in. Uh, prop men with gauntlets up to their shoulders. And which they threw at me for five days. What I don't blame was. you in any way whatsoever, but I but I do have to say I still have nightmares about that because I was a fairly young child when that movie came out, and uh -huh. oh my God, that was frightening. It was frightening. It it was supposed to be. We worked hard to make it that way. 
well, you were successful, and do you know what? It was not just frightening while the movie was on. I mean, it's because it sort of uh, led to a kind of unending terror with people. My son, who is now grown and has grown children of his own, is still frightened to death of birds. <laughs> Excuse me for laughing, but, you know, <laughs> isn't that great? It is great. I, I hope he gets up. And now, for a change of pace, here's nominee Lucy Arnaz with a haunting ballad from her new CD. All right, I'll try that again. <laughs> here's Lucy Arnaz. Well, something seems to be wrong with the switchboard. I'm, I'm very, very sorry, dear listeners. I'm going to give this another try because we definitely want to hear Lucy. Ah. Oh, 
you ah and now for our final clip we'll be listening to George Bettinger's interview with Madeline Kahn and George was so nice to uh to let us uh, give us permission to do this interview on Movie Addict Headquarters. And, of course, he has a wonderful show of his own, the Mom and Pop Show. And um, thanks again, George. So here is Madeline Kahn. Four five, I just want to see how clear we are. Uh, give me a little sound check, Madeline. Um, yeah, well, you'll have to remind me what it is we were talking about. Down from five. Right. So you're going to ask me a question, right? Absolutely. Yes, good. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Joe Franklin's Memory Lane. This is George Bettinger, your field segment reporter, with a very special guest this evening, Madeline Kahn. Madeline, hi. Hey, good evening. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. It's so great to have you here. Won't you sit down? I certainly will. (laughs) I have to tell you, I've been such a fan of yours um, over the years, and uh, the Mel Brooks pictures and and all the things that you've done, you've got to tell our audience a little bit about how you got, as Joe Franklin might say, how did you uh, get bitten or smitten, my dear, by the theatrical bug? Oh, um, how did I get... Gee, I guess, you know, I always was... um, uh, I always liked uh, fantasy, mm-hmm. you know, as a child. Yes. Um, uh, actually, it, actually, it all started with music. Now that I, now that I think of it. Well, that's interesting. Yes, it is interesting. I think the first thing that turned me on, as they say, yes. um, was a record of classical ballet music, mm-hmm. and um, it's actually the Dance of the Hours, which we think of as the music behind Fantasia. Yes. Okay, but really what it is is the dance of the hours. Um, um, and did you hear that as a, as a little I had girl? a record. Uh-huh. I had a record. Oh, my family had a record. Yeah. You know, and I, this is pre-speech. I mean, I was no young kidding. enough that I wasn't really speaking yet, maybe a word here or there, and I would just take the record and play it constantly and just go nuts, you know. <laughs> so when you were a little girl, you danced to... I, I, I don't, I probably danced, but I don't remember the dancing as much as, you know, the dance of the hours, it, it, it's all about dawn and how first it's very, very, the music, um, um, the music uh, kind of pictures, if you will, um, yes. The happening where first it's very, very quiet, which is the end of the nighttime, yes. and then the sun starts coming up, and then you have that burst of music. Exactly. You know, and as a kid, uh, the drama of that, I just, my mind would just go wild. It inspired it you. It did something to my mind, and um, and it just, I, I, all I can tell you is I just wanted to sort of be. So the music, in a way. Yeah. So that's your, um, that's your that, earliest recollection. Yes, it is my earliest recollection, because it would have been, um, because I just would run around saying, Beckett, Beckett, meaning, you know, record, record. <laughs> and oh, so, because great. it would have been long after that that I would have seen, you know, a movie, of a Walt Disney movie. Of course. actually going to a movie theater. Um, and that, of course, you know, just, and we didn't have TV no. when I was little. Those were the days of radio. 
Uh, I guess they were. I mean, some people had them, but not. They weren't common. You know, it's so funny. It's so amazing that, uh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, my guest is Madeline Kahn, and I'm so happy to have her on Memory Lane. And I was discussing with Joe Franklin the, the birth of TV. I said, Joe, you know, you really started about 1951, and that was kind of like the birth of television. And now there's the birth of CD. It's amazing. You've crossed uh-huh. over. He, he's crossed over. He's now, we have an internet page that's just amazing on trivia and nostalgia mm-hmm. and it's just fascinating and ladies and gentlemen when I had the good fortune to meet Miss Khan we got into a little conversation about a great legend in show business named Eddie Cantor and tell us that story Madeline what happened well, I, I thought that was so great I don't know how we started the conversation I mean what the point of it was but, yes. um, uh, I was I do remember making so stop me if I'm on the wrong track but I do remember making the observation that um, I was, uh, they were doing one of these marvelous uh, galas at Carnegie yes. Hall where mm-hmm. they were celebrating Irving Berlin. Yes, you're on the right track. Good, excellent, <laughs> excellent. Um, and I was asked to be a part of it, and I was asked to sing a specific, first I thought, oh great, Irving Berlin. I mean, he, he wrote some of the most, you know, Wonderful. major tunes, yes. right? Anthems and marching, I mean, you know, heartfelt uh, marching thing. God bless America. Yeah, it's, considered, God. it's considered the second national anthem. Really? I know. So I was uh, thinking I'd be singing a nugget, as they say, one of those marvelous nuggets. Right. But they had something very specific in mind for me, and that was a song called You'd Be Surprised, which I had never heard. And they sent over a tape of it for me to hear, and it was uh, a rendition. Uh, it was Eddie Cantor. Um, yes. An old recording um, of him singing You'd Be Surprised and um, you know at first I thought well I guess this is cute but it's so silly why do I always have to sing the silly song (laughs) why do I have to be the one in Carnegie Hall when we're all dressed in formal attire Mm -hmm. and people are coming out and singing these rousing uh, (laughs) dramatic nuggets yes why do I have to be the idiot who comes out oh because you're great I'm explaining I'm explaining right and I thought why do I have to be the one who does the silly one you know you'd be surprised and that's all you know what I mean and um, but I decided because they really liked it a lot Mm -hmm. uh, and it was for um, Channel 13 PBS right um that I would do it, and I insisted on, by the way, using uh, a similar arrangement to the original, which is so old and wonderful and antique sounding, yeah. rather than something new and peppy. Exactly. And that really made the difference. But what the point of it all is, is that in the rather long and wonderful evening of many famous people coming out and singing things, mm-hmm. I came out and stood at the crook of the piano and sang this, what I thought was ridiculous song. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and they loved it. It was like, you no, you don't get to try it out first in front of an audience when you do one of these galas. You simply go out and do it for the first time. <laughs> um, but it really, it it really was a highlight of the of the of the show and. Um, the audience, you know, which is a wonderful New York audience at Carnegie Hall, loved it. So I guess I, you know, I learn all the time. I'm reminded of how um, people really enjoy. Um, that a good combination of yeah. comedy and music. And you are so sensational at, 
at doing comedy and music. I have to ask you, as as a fan, what what's what are one of your favorite films that you've done over the years? Because you've made so many great movies. I mean, well, I Young Frankenstein, yeah. and 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 of course that great Barbara Streisand movie, which what's is that? hilarious. What's up, Doc? Yeah. Oh, is that my girlfriend and I watch that till it falls off the reel? I mean, yeah. we love it. Well, I actually the first four feature films that I did. The first four became real classics, and those were two of them, and the other two were Blazing Saddles and um, um, Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein, what's up? And Paper Moon. That was Paper Moon. Yes. Yeah. So and then you know, so I was kind of spoiled. I thought, oh, they're all going to be like this, and of course they're not all like this for anyone. I mean, you know, um, they, they kind of don't necessarily stay, you know, as as excellent. But, uh, but those are films for the time capsule, Madeline. Those oh, are, yeah. Those are films that will yeah. be classics. And you know the way you and I and, and all they of our... very well, well. Oh, the way we talk about A Night at the Opera these days and, and yeah. you know, that you are in movies that will be thought of years and years from now and always be young and fresh and beautiful and hilarious. Yeah, that's right. And it is really something What a treat to hear those awesome stars again. I wish we had clips of all our nominees, but thank heavens the archives are available, and they're definitely worth listening to again. Now, dear listeners, please remember to vote for your favorite by sending an email to realtalk at comcast.net. That's R-E-E-L, realtalk at comcast.net, by Friday, November 16th. Your name will be added to our random drawing for a free copy of Confessions of a Movie Addict. Now, let's review our candidates once more, this time in alphabetical order. Margaret Avery, the exciting Oscar nominee for The Color Purple. Lucy Arnaz, actress and singer extraordinaire. Lucille Ball, that iconic funny lady. Ashley Bell, a young actress who stunned us in The Last Exorcism. Julie Benz, the talented actress from Dexter, plus numerous other TV series and TV films. Ingrid Bergman, the fascinating Oscar winner who starred in such classic movies as Casablanca, Gaslight, and Spellbound. Tana Frederick, a versatile young actress who wowed us on three of our shows, Judy Garland, the beloved and legendary star who captured hearts throughout the world. Kippy Hedren, the beautiful, brave star of The Birds, Hitchcock's terrifying film. Katherine Hepburn, perhaps the most distinguished movie actress of all time. Madeline Kahn, actress, singer, comedian, and all-round splendid performer. Cloris Leachman, Oscar winner for The Last Picture Show, but probably best known for her hilarious comic roles in Young Frankenstein and High Anxiety, directed by Mel Brooks. Michelle Monaghan, Jake Gyllenhaal's lovely co-star in Source Code. Rita Moreno, winner of an Oscar, a Tony, a Grammy, and an Emmy. Miss Piggy, the ultimate diva. Gilda Radner, one of the funniest performers ever born. Judy Reyes, 
the intensely passionate star of Gun Hill Road and funny cast member of TV Scrubs. And finally, Debbie Reynolds, America's sweetheart. How honored and blessed I feel to have had the opportunity to interview or to host tributes to those fabulous stars. Now, we're not going to um, be able to uh, check with the chatters because I'm having some <laughs> difficult, some technical difficulty, but I do want to thank the listeners who have signed up to participate in the chat. I see that uh, Nancy Lombardo uh, from Comedy Concepts is in the chat, and a number of guests have um, have have uh, been in, but but haven't signed in so that we know their names, but we're, we really appreciate them. And I'd like to urge everyone to be sure to listen to Nancy's um, show on Blog Talk Radio, Comedy Concepts, because it's, it's just absolutely hilarious. It's time to wrap things up now. So this is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support. And to Nikki Starr, who couldn't be here today, but I, I'm sure that she she wanted to be, and, and I hope everything is all right, and, and that she did get out to vote. <laughs> but I want to thank her for everything she does to make hosting this show so much fun. Thanks also to our chatters and to other listeners for tuning in. We hope everyone enjoyed the show. Please come back next time to hear some very revealing Alfred Hitchcock stories with one of Hollywood's most popular storytellers, Stephen Showhead. Well, that's all for now, folks. So if I can find A.J. Daniels, maybe we can talk him into taking us out with a song that Nikki and I dedicate to all our loyal Blog Talk Radio listeners. And I'm looking, and I think I have found it. Yes, here's A.J. Daniels, a very talented musician. And we also want to dedicate this show to all of the fantastic female stars who have appeared on Movie Addict Headquarters or who we have paid tribute to during the past five years.
much I love you Then you'd be forced to love me too If you knew how much I adore you You'd stay with me and be true Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 